You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 113 of the Comic Book Informer podcast, coming to you on March 5th, 2013. And between myself and Roger, you guys have got about one full host this week. It's going to be a pretty mellow episode. <laughs> Especially because we have some interesting comics oh, we're talking yeah. about today. <laughs> uh, before we dive in, though, uh, did you happen to see the new Iron Man 3 trailer that, that uh, dropped this afternoon? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. How awesome was that? Oh, come on. Really? I watched that uh, and I said, well, I saw the, uh, the the mention of it on Twitter, of course. And so I thought, eh, I'll watch it later on. And then everybody's like, oh my God, jaw drop and watch. And then I watched it and I was like, really? This is not that big a deal. This is pretty standard fare for action it, movie it, flick. It, it, it was very standard, but you know, I, up, up to the usual Iron Man quality. But the end—I mean, come on—that was that was pretty. Oh, epic. It looks it looks like it's going to be fantastic, and I enjoyed the other Iron Man movie as in terms of you know popcorn comic book adaptations. So I'm sure I'll love this one, but it was nothing that made my jaw drop by any means. It's it's something to be excited for, and for movie fans at this time of year, that's a rare thing. Yeah, I mean, it's either this or GI Joe, honestly. Oh, dude. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we have a whole lineup of number ones we're talking about today, actually spread between Marvel and DC because they were nice enough to each drop a reasonable number this past month. And the first thing we're talking about is Uncanny X-Men number one, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Chris Piccolo, and a half dozen anchors working on this thing. It's kind of nuts. And I know you've been chomping at the bit to tackle this one for weeks, so go for it. What I what immediately caught my attention with this one, of course, was the art. I, oh, I have fine. become such a fan of Bachalo's work. It's it's unbelievable. And seeing him in a title this important, I was thrilled. So I'm really hoping they're going to keep him going with this. The thing that I liked immediately is um, the, the, the mystery surrounding who they've got in, in the box. You know, who really? is this? I, I knew by the second page who it was. Did you really? Yeah. I, well, maybe it was, I wasn't reading enough into it. I, I wasn't trying to figure it out. I just was along for the ride. So as it was going on, I was absolutely loving it. And I, and I liked again too, that it's not the Scott was right stupidity. It was showing all kinds of different sides to what is going on, including the fact that he's losing it. He is losing it, and he is, for for lack of a, another term, he's abducting some of these mutants. You're a mutant. You're going with him. It's as simple as that. Um, so I really liked it. I liked the way that it progressed to the very last reveal for who this person is. So I I thought again it was it was very well told it was very well organized and and I really dug it I liked it a lot. Yeah, jumping back to the artwork because yeah, Bacallo is 
like leading up to this release, um, Brian Bendis on his Tumblr page just for like a week straight did nothing but Piccolo artwork, and it's this guy's insane. Like everything he does is so unique to his style, very off model from how the characters are traditionally portrayed. Yet he does such a good job with it; they're instantly recognizable as the characters they're supposed to be. We've seen other artists, you know, try and do a unique take on a character, and it kind of takes a second as you know, who's that? But you know, his ridiculous Magneto. I mean, Magneto is one of those characters that a good artist can just go nuts on and it looks amazing. And I, I love the design here. Well, eh. the thing too is Magneto for the most part has always looked the same still. And here, this is quite different and yet still recognizable. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the great balance point he has. Yeah. I, I just absolutely love his artwork. Like the, the, not just the people, but look at the landscapes that he's got and the panel layout. And You're looking sentinels. at sentinels. Oh, it's, it's, come on. It's, it's amazing. I, I am in love with this man's artwork. Yeah. I, I remember when he first showed up on, um, not first showed up, but when he was on the, uh, Wolverine and the X-Men yeah. at the beginning and we were loving that and he dropped off of that and we're like, Where's he going to end up? Well, he landed in a pretty good spot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, if Marvel gets rid of him, I will be so disappointed because I love everything he does with these characters. <laughs> and, like, yeah, like you said, the the whole – once I had figured out who the mystery character was, I was actually more interested in it because I was trying to figure out why he was there. And I loved that you – know, it wasn't just, oh, this character and then ended. He actually gave an explanation as to why that character was there and in that role. And it got me that much more interested in the story because that is a very good motivation and very unexpected from what we've seen leading up to this point. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. The writing was really spot on the entire issue. I really liked it. And I actually read it a couple of times because I, I read it the first time and then I thought I'd be allowed to talk about it a couple of weeks ago and I wasn't. <laughs> so I kind of read it again and was prepped for it. And, uh, but no, I really, it, it, it held up both times I read it. I love the work in it. So what we've seen over the last couple months, it kind of makes me wonder, what the heck has Bendis been doing for the past decade at Marvel not writing the X-Men? Yeah, really? Jeez. Because <laughs> uh, between this and all new, he's destroying these stories. Well, it's not just that. You'll see when I talk about what I've been reading. Okay. Um, and then just briefly touching on issue two as well. Like, I loved issue two. All the character stuff, especially between Scott and Emma, because that, that was a very strong development over the course of AVX, uh, especially what we saw in the Uncanny X-Men tie-ins and the way Bendis handled it here puts both of those characters into a unique situation that still works for the story. Actually, I didn't read two yet. <sighs> and as they're coming out so fast, how can you keep up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Uncanny X-Men, again, near the top of the Marvel Now pile. Yeah, oh yeah, like when we're looking at it's it's good because when we look at what we had with Phoenix and yeah, a lot of people liked it, but we really didn't like that story arc. So when we're looking at the amazing stuff we're getting with so many X-Men titles right now, it's, it's, it's like making up for it. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I forgive you for that crap. Now that I have this awesome stuff to read. Okay. The next comic we're talking about is fearless defenders written Speaking by Colin crap. Bunn. I'm sorry. Speaking of crap. <laughs> written by Cullen Bunn, uh, art by Will Sliney and Veronica Gandini. 
overall, like the, the story was okay. I no, mean, I was kind of, no, I don't want to say into it, but it was going where it needed to go. Uh, we have Misty Knight recovering some ancient artifact, which summons a bunch of undead Vikings, which of course brings Valkyrie into the scenario. And I actually did like the, uh, the interactions between Misty and Valkyrie. I said the overall story was, it was okay, but the interactions between the two kind of give me some hope for where the series could go. Mm. Unfortunately for me, the, the art ruined this. Like for, for a series that's supposedly about, you know, really elevating the female heroes and giving them, you know, a good team to join and in one that definitely makes sense for the story since they're going to be the new Valkyries and Valkyries are traditionally always female. But I mean, especially in those opening pages, like Will Sliney and Anatomy have a very um, tenuous relationship because it, he found very unique ways to get Misty's butt into absolutely every single panel. In unrealistic, stupid poses. I'm sorry. I, You know what's funny is that I'd been telling you I didn't know if I'd read this up until yesterday. <laughs> I'd read it when it came out. It was that forgettable yeah. that I had just completely ignored it and knew that I was not reading any more of this. It was ridiculously written. I'm sorry, but the writing was utter stupidity throughout it all random making out for the sake of making out the the whole artifact trying to be an indiana jones thing does not work at all the characters i thought did not work well together at all and and then of course like you were saying too the the how many times can we show misty's ass on a page in an unrealistic pose so no i really had no use for this at all at all at all at all so I, I thought slightly better of it. I went from terrible to below average, but it, even still, it, completely passable in my in my thoughts. Well, I'm sticking with my terrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then on to Nova, which maybe is a small step up. <laughs> you know what, dude? I was surprised at how much I actually enjoyed this. Now, I'm not I'm not going to say that it was phenomenal or that the story was that original, or things like that. But I kind of liked the way he handled the story with the flashbacks and the father, you know, the drunken father, and telling these stories and whatnot. And and you know how I feel about Rocket Raccoon, and yet it <laughs> worked here. In fact, right to the end where I'm going, okay, that was funny. And I kind of like this again nothing original it's the last starfighter type of story that we've seen how many times now but i actually kind of dug it i thought it was all right yeah uh, written by jeff Loeb, uh art by ed mcginnis dexter vines and Marte gracia and i will go as far as to say this is the best thing jeff Loeb has written in years like going back to superman batman when he was with dc and granted that doesn't mean a lot because he's written some awful comics but he he was a really good writer and you know he had some personal tragedy in his life that kind of uh, derailed things for him and this gives me hope that he's kind of getting back on pace because he he has been a very good writer and, and i'm glad to see that at least with this issue it's moving him in the right direction and and most importantly what i liked about this was i've always been a big fan of the nova character himself but as we've seen through uh, AVX and other stuff, this isn't the Nova we've known over the last several decades. This is a completely new character, completely new costume, completely new everything. And I like how 
he brought that into with new continuity of establishing that there's this team of black novas, you know, kind of the black ops of the Nova Corps. And that lends itself to being able to tie in with the uh, the core continuity of, you know, the entire concept of Nova while still doing very unique things with it. And I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I was surprised because I went into this really expecting to oh, yeah, not this, like uh, it. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sorry, it's just based on what we've seen lately. And so I was not expecting to like this at all. So maybe that's why I kind of enjoyed it more. And again, it's a story that we've seen many times, this type of story. So it's not original in the least, but he still works with it. It's not spectacular, but it was enjoyable. I I did like it. Mm -hmm. Although freaking green assassin chick, come on, do we really need to see your pelvic bone? Probably Uh, not. Thankfully, McGinnis is going off of the uh, old character design as we've seen in Guardians Mm -hmm. of the Galaxy. She has proper clothing in the uh, new Marvel Now lineup. Good Lord. (laughs) But it's Ed McGinnis. I wasn't expecting him to draw her with pants. Cover your Uchi Coochie. <laughs> Sorry. I think we have our episode title. <laughs> How do you spell that? I'll find a way. <laughs> All right. Transitioning over to the DC side of things. We had the launch of the new Justice League of America, not to be confused with the Justice League, the Justice League International, or the Justice League Dark. This one is, again, written by Jeff Johns, who is writing pretty much everything at DC now. Uh, Art by David Lynch and Sonia Obach. As we see here, we have the team being assembled, consisting of Catwoman, the new Green Lantern, Simon Boz, Hawkman, Stargirl, Vibe, Katana, Green Arrow, and Martian Manhunter, and you would have a hard time coming up with a team of superheroes I could care about less. You know what? We just saw them try to take a bunch of characters that nobody cares about and try to make it work as a team. What makes them think this is going to work? Why? Because, oh, because now they're... Justice League they're, on the cover. Yeah, exactly, because that worked so well for Justice League International. No, no, these guys are going to be policing the Justice League. Yeah, good luck with that, you know? So it's all of these people that are supposed to be the 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 characters that can take on this specific Justice League member. Well, either that member has caught them many times before, or it's a, a newbie character that let's hope, let's hope this kid vibe character can, you know, take out the flash. Yeah. Good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> sure. You can do it, Timmy. So it, it the, the concept doesn't work. The writing, I, I didn't, I didn't like it. It was cliched crap. And how many different looks does she, is she going to have Waller going to have over the next few years? Is this something where she's going to keep changing all the time? She went from being the large Waller from the, the, um, Batman Beyond and stuff to being the super sexy one in the new 52 relaunch to now being an average looking woman in this. So I'm just wondering how often she's going to change her look. Honestly, if they hadn't called her Waller, I probably wouldn't have would never her. have known. Nope. My, my big issue about this is first of all, 75, maybe even more uh, percent of the issue is just Waller and Steve Trevor standing around talking and talking about the characters and more importantly, talking about how all of these characters are awful for the team. If you're trying to get me interested in your comic, don't tell me about how all the characters are wrong in the story. <laughs> I mean, there's 
a concept there of, you know, bringing together these characters that might not work, but you can tell that in the story instead of just telling us that, you know, bring, bring the guys together. Okay. Hawkman's a loose cannon. We get it. But flat out telling the readers that none of these characters are going to work together. That's kind of a little too obvious. And then going with the, they made such a big deal about bringing Catwoman in because, and, and it, <laughs> it makes it feel like the freaking Suicide Squad kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, because she's going to be the one to take out Batman. Sure, sure. Just like this Katana chick, well, she can take out she, Wonder Woman. She can take she can. Batman out of the out of the battle for an hour. Or for so. an hour or so, yeah. <laughs> He's got stamina, that boy. <laughs> oh, so, I, I really have nothing more to say about it. It was, it was completely terrible. uninteresting. I really did not enjoy it at all. Okay. Well, on to Vibe, or as the comic is actually referred to, Justice League of America's Vibe. <laughs> Seriously, guys? Anyway, written by Jeff Johns and Andrew Kreisberg, who I, I couldn't even tell you who the ongoing writer is for this. As we've seen with the uh, DC shuffle-ups lately, I think there's five different writers working on this comic already. Uh, anyway, art by Pete Woods, Sean Parsons, and Brad Anderson. And I didn't hate this. It, it was a an interesting concept for the character, at least as far as his power set and his origins. And I think that's something that could have been worked with in a better story. Yeah, it's come on. Cliched piece of crap. How many times have we seen this kind of thing? How many times? Over and over again. This is always we're seeing this kind of stuff. See, this is the kind of stuff, if they don't stop it, they're losing readers because there's a lot more adult readers now that don't have the patience for the kind of stupid writing that worked back in the, you know, whatever, 80s or whatever, that now it's like, no, we want more out of the comic books. We want the writers to work harder to towards creating those origin stories so that it, it you know, makes sense and so that it is more interesting and something that's not just the same cliched stuff we've seen again and again. And that's what this is, beginning to end. Yeah. You may not have guessed. I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I kind of gathered that. I, especially, you know, the, they're really expecting us to buy into this character of Vibe. How as, how old is he? Like 16, I think? Like, not very 16, old. 16, 18. Maybe, maybe 18. Yeah. And on the day that he really discovers he has superpowers, he goes up against, you know, one of Darkseid's parademon minions, finds out that... I don't even know who... I almost called them S.H.I.E.L.D. Who the heck are these people again? I don't care. It Arsis, doesn't matter. They're Argus, that forgettable. Yeah, really. <laughs> DC's version of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> and they draw him out. He jumps into this fight, you know, not not even thinking, just owns this, this you know, parademon. And he's like, yeah, now you're a member of the Justice League. Like, where's the character development here? Like... Are you telling me that, you know this this young kid is now the perfect choice to be a, a, an integral member of, of the Justice League? I mean, come on, where? It, but it, they made him a costume with a fancy an vest. Awful that, costume. That, that vest. Wow. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just when you thought the new Fifty Two costume designs couldn't get worse. I sorry, I really I I used to love DC comics, okay? And I want to go back to that. I want to go back to seeing stuff that I enjoyed that I really liked. And the potential is there. And this just ain't it. 
I have nothing more to say. It was, it was, you know, because, because again, I think there is something they could have done with this character to make him interesting, especially Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns did a great job with the Blue Beetle and taking a teenage character and making an interesting superhero story out of it. I guess he forgot how to do that. I, I don't know. And I'm See, not talking about the new 52 Blue Beetle. I'm talking about the uh, previous right. incarnation. The, the, the thing is, is that they're, they're kind of doing what we've been suggesting. Let's get some new ideas. Let's get some new characters and let's see if they this work and all that. a character. But, but... He was a joke in the old continuity. Yeah. So, like, I think that what they're, they're missing, though, is, again, don't go off half-cocked trying to pull off something of this scope huge kind of thing with brand new characters and whatnot introduce them in little mini series see if people are interested in them but more important than that come out with original stuff come on you know how to write work on it don't be lazy about your writing and then from there see if the people enjoy the characters i mean again look at how much we like the, te- the character of Talon. But look at how much work went into that through all the Court of Owls stuff. It wasn't just, oh, look, he's a superhero. This is, you know, in the span of a few pages, he takes on dark sides, minions and whatnot. No, it was well-written and the scope of it fit with the character. So, but that's not what it's going on here. Here it's it's a writing cheat Here's something, woo, look at how amazing he is. You must love him. And now he's going to be able to take out the Flash. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, seriously? Have you seen the Flash? Flash is freaking awesome. <laughs> you, you probably haven't been paying attention to that because that's a good comic. Yeah. <laughs> and it, we're, we're at the point now where Vibe has his own comic. What are they going to do when this one gets canceled? And let's admit, it's going to get canceled yeah, and right fairly about, yes. soon. Yeah. That and Katana. I'm sorry. Bye-bye. Because as we've seen, at least with the number ones for DC, they've sold reasonably well just because it has a number one on the cover. But the fans are kind of clued into the the, the gimmick here of they just keep releasing new number ones. And from what I've heard, this sold horribly even for a number one. Well, again, nobody knows who this guy is. Really? You're going to buy something like this? Especially if you read the freaking number one of Justice League of America. I'm sorry, but no. (laughs) I read this because you made me to. You made me. (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned Katana. Yeah. uh, Written by Anne Nascenti, art by Alex Sanchez and Matt Yaki. And I take it you didn't really care for this one either. You know what? This had the potential to be right up our alleys. I mean, looking (laughs) at you and I putting this out, this had the highest potential to get amazing reviews from us. I thought it was, again, relying on cliches. It was confusing in how it was written. It was, and and for the most part, really not well written. I had little to no use for this. I, this, I would, I would give it maybe another one or two issues hoping that maybe it'll get better, but this number one really did nothing for me. And I'm not entirely sure how much growth there is for the character. I mean, we've already seen her in Birds of Prey and soon in Justice League of America, where I'm guessing this is somewhat of of a prequel to those two, although if I'm not mistaken, it didn't quite mention that as to having taken place previously in the storyline. It's, I don't see a whole lot of growth here. She's going to learn how to use the sword. That's 
kind of all I see here. I honestly, I don't know. I, it, it really did not, it did nothing for me at all. And, and, and again, I found the writing was just the way it kind of bounced around. And I don't know if that was on purpose because of the character's mental, well, lack of mental stability. Um, I don't know if that's the case or what, but I really was not thrilled with the writing. And like like we said, between these three comics, DC is seriously scraping the bottom of the barrel. And we kind of seen that with the announcements of, you know, the the next wave of replacements. They've realized they can't just keep going deeper to the well because it's not working. So some of the replacement comics that they've announced thus far are a Batman Superman team up, which given the uh the creators on that, Greg Pak and Jai Lee, I'll definitely give it a shot. Yeah, no kidding. And then of course we have uh, I forget what they're calling it, but we have another solo Superman series uh, by Scott Snyder and Jim Lee, which again, I, I will definitely check that out based on who's working on it. But it, how, how long bet- bet- before of the 52 comics, 40 of them are either Superman or Batman? Batman, yeah. Because okay. we're, we're close. I mean, I'm sure if you did a count, we're probably approaching more than 20, <laughs> counting, you know, Nightwing and Catwoman and all that junk. There's so much that they can do. There just is. I don't know. I just, I feel that they're, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the people in charge who just are stuck in a certain mindset. Maybe the writing is there, that there are writers there that could come up with original concepts that are fantastic. And they're just being, you know, told, no, you can't do that. This is all you're able to do. So maybe the problem is with the higher ups that need to change the way they think because it's not working either that or get new staff that can come up with original ideas, original characters that we can care about and move on. And it's so hilarious because we had uh, Emerald city comic con this past weekend. And again, just like every single convention, at the panels, they ask Dan DiDio and, and all the rest of the guys if there are any plans for Wally West or Stephanie Brown. And every single time, they're just flat out rude and sarcastic and dismissive to the fans when clearly by this point they know there is a demand for those two characters. You know what? You could very easily do a Kid Flash series and a spoiler series and people would buy it as long as it's well written. And yet we get this stuff. I, I don't know why they are they have so much animosity towards those two characters at this point when it's something that their fans want to read. I'm not going to argue with you. All right. It, it, I'm done. Right, moving on to stuff we actually want to talk about. Yes. <laughs> All right. What we're reading. Uh, first of all, Avenging Spider-Man number 17. Did you catch that one? No, I haven't yet. Oh, my God. This was so great. <sighs> he gets a call from the FF. Don't you spoil and, anything. I'm, I'm just... I'm to, just I'm to, just laying it on the, the line right it. now because there's a button I can press that shuts you up. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a call from the FF and he's, you know, this is, of course, Otto. And he kind of dismissively goes over there because, you know, the, the Fantastic Four is actually gone. Maybe they have need for his genius. And they called him up to babysit the kids. <laughs> awesome. I'm not going to say anything more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Young Avengers number two. Um, the story is moving in a direction that actually makes sense at this point. It's kind of coming together. I've just come to the realization that despite my interest in many of these characters, I'm clearly not the intended audience for this comic. Wait, do you I, I know there's a lot of people out there who love it, and it's just not quite working for me. 
way too young? I, yeah, I think so. Okay. I didn't read it because I knew that it's not for me, so I didn't bother mm-hmm. getting it. I, I, I just based on you know the the characters and the creators, I wanted to give it a shot, and I, it's not it it's not bad. It's just not for us, a bunch of old guys. Okay. All right, and then Five Weapons, uh, a new series from Image. And at this point, if there's a comic Image is putting out with a number one on the cover, I'm at least going to give it a try. Eh, very, very generic. Um, main character is the son of a famous assassin. And at this point, we have to kind of suspend our disbelief that there's an entire high school out there for training teenage assassins in various weaponry. It, it was kind of interesting seeing... The concept of this assassin school kind of set off with the traditional high school story dynamic. There's some some fun stuff there, but overall, it didn't really work for me. I haven't read it. And that you can Not pass. worth it. Yeah. All right. What have you got for us this week? Well, again, as I said, keeping with uh, Brian Michael Bendis, I read uh, Powers. Um, mm. What is it? Bureau, I think Powers it's Powers Bureau, Bureau, yes. Yeah, I read number one of that. Um, typical Powers it's like it goes out of its way to try to shock you, <laughs> but it, not in a bad way. It fits in with the story. I mean, there have been some issues that have been point blank gratuitous for the sake of being gratuitous. And there's a little bit of that in here, but more so it's just, again, it's shocking, but it fits in with the story. Have you read it yet? Yes. Yes. I okay. So yeah. So I mean, when you've seen the dude with the power sperm in him, and he's got a baby in him, <laughs> and stuff, so it's like, yeah, it's it's really kind of you see the powers kind of leaning over the desk there for a while at the end and stuff. So it's like, okay, yeah, this is. I haven't read powers for a little bit. I remember now, but the right, <laughs> oh yeah, that's what this comic yeah. is like. <laughs> but the for the writing throughout is so fantastic, and and of course Dina. I mean, she's just such a favorite character of so many people, and uh, and seeing what led to her getting into the bureau kind of thing. I I really love this. I I I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, of course, we're both fans, and this scratched that itch. Yeah. Um, did you read the Manhattan Projects number nine? No, actually, I did not. I think yeah. I'm actually a couple issues behind on that. Okay, you'll love it. <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much, just that they're going after all of these entities kind of thing that are, there's all, all manner of them um, in in unique ways. <laughs> seeing <laughs> Einstein taking someone out with a back kick is awesome. <laughs> um, it was, at this point, I can say it was typical Manhattan Projects kind of thing. It was just <laughs> awesome beginning it's, it's to It's so end. impossible to describe. You just go, yeah, there's the Manhattan Projects. It all, it's a style in and of itself. I, I can't think of another series quite like this one. In the way that it's written. In I don't the, think there could be. It's quite likely. I really, I really like this. I thought it was very good and fun to read. Uh, typical stuff. Uh, but ending on one that it was like, meh. Did you read the uh, Walking Dead Governor special number one? Didn't even know there was one. Yeah, they made a big deal about it because of what's going on, obviously, on the TV with the governor. And so this was the showing the first encounter with the governor kind of thing uh, with the original series. Um, yeah, it was just bleh. It was just, it was so much boring. I just, 
I, yeah. And I got caught up on the few issues that I hadn't yet read either of The Walking Dead. And yeah, I've just, it, it's not on my pull list anymore. I've, that's it. I've had it. I'm really not interested anymore at all, at all, at all, which is a sad thing because they're coming out with an extra episode before the, the next season two of The Walking Dead, the game. There's going to be a little something coming out, apparently. I don't know if you heard about that. Oh, uh, yeah. I was, I was there when Joe told us about it. Okay, I wasn't sure if you were or not. So, yeah. That, I cannot wait. Cannot friggin' wait. But the TV show, I still haven't gotten caught up on the... Since the, the very, break. very happily skipped the last couple episodes. Yeah, and the comic, that's it. I've pretty much, unless somebody comes back and says, okay, now you have to read it, fine, I will. But until that point, that's it, I'm done. But 12 and a half million viewers can't be wrong. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I'm all right with being wrong and just saving my money and not buying it. Yeah. All right, before we get into the new releases, we actually have something very cool to talk about. And Roger, I'm going to let you run with this. All right. A while back, Vincent sent me a link and I read it. I laughed hysterically and I immediately (laughs) emailed the writer. And this is of course, when the press release was first announced for uncanny skull kickers, which is issue number 19, but it's uncanny skull kickers number one. And there were the fantastic covers as well, the alternate covers. Um, And so I immediately contacted Jim Zub and I said, listen, I will pay for them. Just please sign me a copy and send it over. And so I'm getting him to send me a few. And I told Vince that I was going to give him a gift, a signed copy. So I bought him one. I'm buying myself one. And I got another one, which means that someone who listens to this podcast can have a signed copy of Uncanny Skull Kickers number one by Jim Zub. So what I'm going to ask people to do is send emails to roger at comic book informer. Just tell me if you're interested in getting it. I will pick a winner at random and I will take care of the shipping. You don't have to worry about any charges, of course, and it'll be completely at random and don't send me any an address until... I let you know if you've won or not. And then at that point, I'll ship it out and I will make sure to ship it in such a way that it can't be bent when you get it. And that's something I asked Jim to make sure it doesn't get bent, please. Um, And he is going to be sending them out this week. So I should hopefully receive them maybe by even next week. So send it to Roger at Comic Book Informer. Don't worry about a title or anything. Just let me know if you're interested and then we'll go from there. And that is something you're going to want to have oh, in your collection. Because it's always because, a- <laughs> I mean, Zub has been on Twitter the last week because it came out last week. And the response to this comic has been unbelievable. He, he said this is the most positive feedback he has gotten on Skull Kickers since it started. So they, they, this was a brilliant move, both marketing and yep. you know just a quality comic that people are now – reading that they they probably weren't before i i just want everybody to read this series i am so this this i'm so enamored with his writing and with the art in it and everything i i love everything about it so i i actually have several actual friends believe it or not and who who this was their first issue of skull kickers they read because because a i've been talking about it for a year now and b because of you know the, the cool relaunch you know gag thing that they're doing and every single one of them loved it and now they all want to go back and read the previous 18 yep so there you go and I, so i'll either announce the winner next week or the week after um 
again, it'll depend on when I get the actual issues as well. But uh, we'll definitely be letting people know in either, like I said, next week or the week after. So make sure you listen. Yes. All right. Anyway, on to this week's new releases from Marvel. We have the start of the next big thing in Age of Ultron number one. We also have all new X-Men number eight, Avengers number seven, Cable and X-Force number five, Daredevil End of Days number six, Iron Man number seven, Powers Bureau number two, Red She-Hulk number 63, Superior Spider-Man number five, Ultimates number 22, and Venom number 32. For DC, we have issues 18 for Animal Man, Detective Comics, Green Lantern, and Swamp Thing, as well as issue 10 for Earth 2. And we also have from Boom Studios, Hypernaturals number 9, from Dark Horse, 47... Yes! Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Can I finish? (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) 47 Ronin number 3, Hellboy in Hell number 4. And from IDW, we have Transformers, More Than Meets the Eye, number 14. From Image, we have Mara, number three, and something that uh, both of us are likely to be very interested in, Lost Vegas, number one, from none other than Jim McCann and Janet Lee, who, of course, were responsible for Return of the Dapper Men. Go back about 100 or so episodes, and you'll see that uh, we quite enjoyed that. And, it, I mean, come on, a heist at a space casino. <laughs> I'm on board. That's all you need to tell me. So that's going to wrap us up here for issue 113 of Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CBinformer. Again, don't forget that special contest, roger at comicbookinformer.com. And until next week, thanks for listening. You think you've had a hard week, buddy? (laughs) Okay, bear with me a second here. You put me on the spot. I didn't realize that was going to happen. Oh, oh, sorry. I was Just ready to talk about to talk this about it for the two last weeks, two weeks, but not now. <laughs> okay, first, stop laughing. We can't do this if you're laughing because you weren't laughing right before I made the cut. <laughs> They're going to know something's wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dude, I'm so medicated right now. I can't even keep a straight face. <laughs> Dear Lord. Lack of sleep and medication, that's what's this. Okay. Wow.